Recording in progress, which means one thing, everybody. I think that means we're back. Are we back? Seth, are you there? Yes, Vinny. New, listen, everybody. That's a new voice. Big, we we teased only a day ago, only a day ago on Instagram that I say new episodes are coming back and instantly we're going to be back. So if you're ready, are you ready, Seth? I am so ready, Vinny. This is so exciting. I've never been more ready to dad so hard. Let's do it. Cue music. <laughs> what music are you putting in there? Hey, that, Seth, that was our intro music. Oh, nice. So this so is how we, we do it. it, it it's, a cute, it's, a, uh, it's a quick little fun ditty that's been around. Is it? But is, oh, so you're leaving the same dad to hard music? Correct. So if they're listening to this now, they have heard our traditional music, Seth. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. <laughs> no, <laughs> some things change. Some things change and some things still stay the same in the way that, in the way that this is produced. Just I'm all in. Light touch. Light touch, everybody. Uh, so everybody, you've heard the familiar music, but what you may not be familiar with or actually you should be familiar with because he has been a guest on this on this podcast before and now going into what I think we'll call Dad So Hard season five. Uh, it could be season four though, in technicality. I'm going to say season five. We have a new co-host uh, for the foreseeable. I think we're going to, you know, we're going to try to do this for a few months to get to uh, wet everybody's whistles. So, uh, you know, my voice uh, hopefully is Vinny Dunleavy. If you've missed it, uh, I'm so thrilled to be back. And I am back with none, none other than uh, one of my favorite uh, dads out there and, and friends over the past uh, year in our relationship, Mr. Seth Marks. Welcome, Seth. Thank you, Vinny. Vinny, this is awesome. This is like mission driven for me. So however long this lasts, dadding so hard when you reached out originally just over a year ago, you were talking about this podcast. But and I, I saw, you know, the the tag for it is dad so hard. And I think there, there's nothing more important. Anyone, we all have freaking dads, a big percentage of them are assholes, right? And I think it's very important that we have some message, some forum out there for guys like you and I and the rest of our dad network out there. How did dads become moms? Right, that's what it's all about. <laughs> that that's is, a, listen, we're, we made we're good. So that may that may be a hot t- a hot take right there. Dad yes. is so hard transitioning into a mom. That is a whole. That's that's a lot. That's a lot to unpack on our first episode. So uh, we'll have to see what happens, everybody. But if you uh, don't know, so you know me, Seth. Uh, he was one of our biggest interviews last year. Biggest gets. I mean, we're talking thousands of you listened. And by thousands, I mean more than five and maybe less than a thousand. But uh, we are thrilled to build that. Welcome everybody back to Dad So Hard Nation. We're going to, uh, uh, we promise to keep content coming because as anybody who's in this business knows, if you fall off the wagon and you don't produce anything, people forget about you. So hopefully if you're listening to this, you didn't forget about us and you will remind, uh, you will keep your subscription in Spotify or iTunes. You will send us a like or a comment. Uh, you can still email us and find us. We'll give you our social media a little bit later. Uh, but, you know, just keep keep the love coming. We promise to try to do this on a weekly basis to give you back an insight into our lives and what's going on and have a little bit fun. But we have missed being on the mic. Uh, we have missed hearing uh, each other's voices and the voices out there. So for those of you who let we may now need this is our inaugural, we'll call this our season premiere of season five, Seth. We're going to, I'm going to give you Let's do, we'll do one minute intros into your dad life. For those of you who may not know, you maybe you discovered this on the interwebs and you're like, who the fuck are these two guys? Who are these two Nimrods who are, who are claiming the dad hard? Seth, Vinny what? John Levy and Seth Marks. It does stop. <laughs> it has some pedigree to it. We, 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 we are no, we are no schlubs. I would like to say, <laughs> I think we have good, we, we, we have improved dad bods. We have, we have the new and improved dad bods. Uh, we're going to talk about the new and improved dad haircut in a little bit, but we're both uh, bearding too. We're both, we're both, and we're both bearding. We're both bearding. Yes. So, so Seth, let, 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 let the world know where are you living and uh, how many, what's your, what's your dad profile? Let's call this your dad profile. 
great. It's really interesting. I was thinking about Vinny when you, we were talking about getting this show back cooking your your baby here and how much I love the concept that you actually we're, we're, we're we have different our kids are different so much age there's such an age gap right. that we're living in that we could share a lot of interesting points of view because my I'm an empty nester which is life-changing shit like no matter how much therapy you're getting get more <laughs> and start the marriage counseling even if you think you your marriage is good when the nest is empty it is a oh it is like the fucking Poseidon adventure. The ship turns over and you're fighting to get some fucking oxygen. That's I imagine it's like a flashback. I mean, it's because uh, I think about now, my my kids are six and uh, uh, eight and 11. But when you're an empty nester, that's 22, if not more, because you go based on your youngest kids. So for you, it could be like 30 years before you and your wife have actually been alone. And now you're alone again. It, that's a you're It's a mind fuck. Oh yeah. It's crazy. So just my dad profile, I got a 25 year old, 23 year old, two boys, one straight boy, one gay son, and one uh, straight daughter who's 21. So what's the age difference between your oldest and youngest? Four years, four Four years, years, not bad. So we did ours. I have two oldest girl, youngest boy with a three year uh, difference. And I guess technically their gender and sexual orientation is still TBD or could be determined. We just don't know yet because we have not hit the puberty or there haven't been any. uh, Anytime I want to discuss anything about my kids when it comes to uh, hanging out with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or anybody, I just get a big shut up. I don't want to talk about it. So, By the way, just this whole gender thing, like should when like my middle son who's taught me the most, you know, around this, cause he's, he's gay, but he never came out. He's like, dad, if I come out, that's not equality. Did you have to come out? Look, I have a boyfriend. I've been dating a boy. That's what I like. That's what, who I am. Uh, but did you have to come out? Like when I even regret saying the gender of my kids, when I was giving you my dad profile, but I feel like, like, well, when does that go away? When does- it, it, I, listen, I, I agree with you. I think there's a world where, the, this new generation talks a lot about not having labels and yet yes. they're they have somehow created the most amount of labels to describe <laughs> themselves uh, which i'm like subscribe to whatever you want like I, i'm a father i'll take the i'll take the label as a dad because i had a child i mean i i but i don't i don't think we need to be and i like dad so hard is is a concept of we're trying to celebrate fatherhood but i don't think that there is a world of like 17 types of fathers you're either like you're you either have a kid or you don't and if you identify as a man you're a father identify as a woman you're a, a, a mother and if you don't identify in any gender then you're a parent right there's three phases of that like i can say i'm a parent whatever you want to do but um but it's a different we are in a different um world these days and you have to be you try to just be as i think you try to be as respectful as you can but i think if somebody comes from a kind place and they make a mistake, I just say, okay, you can you can educate them and say that bothered me. Like I just think it's a matter of respect. If somebody says something that offends me, if I'm truly offended and I care about that person's opinion, my thought is I will tell them, hey, that offended me, not cool. And if they're my friend, they'll say sorry and not do it again and we'll move on. Like this is not, I don't know where we have, it has to become more complicated than that. But yet dads aren't good at that. That, Like, that's the issue, right? I mean, we grew up with these old social norms that, you know, the tough guy dad and shake it off. You know, like we even talked about like that shake it off culture that we grew up in in the 80s. And I mean, this this movement, which is amazing, this what you're describing, an empathetic culture where people you know have feelings and share them and talk about them we didn't i didn't grow up in that you didn't do you have a hard time so uh to be clear here seth we are our kids are different ages uh, but i actually think we are not as different in ages though so i am 48 and you are i'm gonna say 79 (laughs) (laughs) uh i am emotionally 79 spiritually like 88 and uh on the on the birth certificate i am 50 
on the dot. Oh, so 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 what's interesting about that is we are relatively the same age because I'm a year and a half away from being Gen a X. Gen X. But my kids are, I was a late in life father. Let's put, I think I was, I don't even know what, I guess I was thir- 48 when my, no, 38, I'm 48 now. I was 37 when my daughter was born. So I was a, a, a late, a late in life father. Wiser. So. Your brain was fully developed. <laughs> I couldn't find any person out there to want to have a child with me. I would like to say that, <laughs> but I think it took me a while to find somebody who's decided to go, I will marry that. And I will, and I will give, I will procreate with this man. So uh, that, that's the only real reason why it took that. No, you don't actually, Vinny, the way I look at that and is I get to know you, you did one of the life constitutional principles in life that people blow through and they, 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 it's a, if you blow through this one, your life is going to be filled with a lot more trials and tribulations and, and hardships and you stayed true to it, which is I'm called settling. A lot of people fucking settle. And that's yeah. why the divorce rate is so freaking high. You're so young. People get, I got, you know, got married at 23, 24. Uh, we were, you know, people settle. Your brain's not fully developed. You don't know what you want. So don't sell yourself short. You held the line for the perfect partner. I'm going to say there, there's a lot I settled because there was a lot of a lot of women I said no to. I would like to imagine if I, if I can flip back to my 20s and 30s and think that as a truth, I may do my own revisionist history and start to you think about all the people right. I said no to. Dude, you're 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 a handsome guy. You got unbelievably positive vibes. You vi- oh. you're like you check a lot of boxes off. So you were the one that didn't settle. I trust I, 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 I would like to think that's the case. Uh, uh, I As we get to know each other, I sometimes I think it's a little bit purposeful, but uh, I do remember though, I have a number of friends when I was around the age of 30 and two of my best friends at the time had both gotten married to the girls they were dating long-term. And within two years, we're both separated and divorced. And I think at the time I had a girlfriend who we, in my mind, uh, I was like, let's go buy a house. And then she was like, I'm getting out of here. But I do think there's a world where I've seen a lot of, a lot of dudes that are in that 28, 29, I'm about to turn 30. And whoever they are dating at the time, it's like, oh shit, I'm turning 30. I'm supposed to be married by now. They go and get married. And I think for the most part, either before they have kids, if they're smart, if, they're, if they really are both two adults that have figured it out, they're, they've cut out of there by the age of like 32. And I think there's a lot of that, to your point, if they're settling because they have some script in their head that said, I'm supposed to be married by now. Yeah. And then they do yeah. it and it ends. All the dreams die in Settle City. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. Settle City is not a place I would want to visit, but I bet no. you they have cheap airplane tickets. That's a cheap. You go to kayak. <laughs> go to kayak right now. LaGuardia to Settle City. 50 cents. <laughs> Settle City, though, is everywhere. Like, I, I, right? Like, wherever someone's listening, you and I, like, are we settling? Like, us, the fighting complacency. Settle Settle City is the road that's in every town. It's like Smith Street. Everybody has a main street. (laughs) Everybody knows that town. We all know that we all, you also know the restaurant because there's that restaurant that nobody in your house wants to decide where to eat. You'll find we'll go there and you settle on halfway, halfway shitty food, but it's not, that's not dirt cheap, but it's not expensive. Yes, you're not comfort, thrilled with it. Comfort food. It's comfort. Yeah, but you're not. Ha- you're not asking comfort, for it again. Comfort food for the comfort zone for Settle City, oh where your God. dreams fucking die. <laughs> and when you turn our age, those are the people. You know how there's people. Literally, there's two. And I hate to label this, Vinny, but it, it seems from the data I'm collecting with my eyes and ears yeah. that as some people age, they get more bitter. And those are the old that that that. Like they never seen a kid in their life if they're on an airplane or like get that fucking baby shut, you know, yeah. like those people. And then there's the people that are like, oh my God, look at the baby. You want me to hold the baby? You're like while they're on the plane, like people that get better, more evolved, and the wisdom really fuels them. And there's the bitter motherfuckers. And and, and I think the bitter motherfuckers are all born from settle city. They, well, they all live there. they live there. Their their yes. mortgages are in Settle City and <laughs> they probably just finished paying off their mortgage and are like, and now they're like, well, I have freedom to do something, but they've been in Settle City so long. They are so bitter. They don't know where to go. And they're like, ah, and like, so it, it is, and, that is, a, and, I 100% can subscribe to that. We're going to put the way, Vinny, theory. 
By the way, is there a video on this? Because I'm raising my hand and I'm going to say, hi, my name's Seth Marks. And I used to live in Saddle City. Oh, you got out. You, you, right. I, I got Oh, yeah. I thought you get married, you have the kids, you put your head down, you go to work. And that's in trying to make more money every year. And I was in that Saddle City rat race that which, of course, my relationship almost ended in a divorce. And it was because of I was in Saddle City, you know, not unlearning. I didn't unlearn one thing. But that's a good that. And that is actually like the work that is hard to do is to first you have to recognize it then you got to get out of it but that is and i think that but that's sort of in the world of uh i think dadding hard what i like to say we're building dads to our nation it's that idea that you could work hard play hard dad hard dad harder and part of being a dad is recognizing you have a partner in that uh and that you have that idea that are you being a good husband are you being a good partner which i uh, it, it, you don't want to forget about that. And I, my wife always reminds me when I do this podcast, she's like, is your podcast about me being a terrible mother? And I said, no, it's about me being a fantastic dad. And, and I have, a, as a man, I have a right to be able to say I'm a great dad. And that does not diminish in any way, shape or form your role as a co-parent. I'm not trying to say the moms don't do a lot. And at no point am I going to, I need to comment or talk about the role of motherhood. They can sit there and talk about how great you phenomenal stuff that, our wives do and our partners do as as mothers i think it's phenomenal but i want i think dads also do great jobs and we need to recognize it and yes. we need to be out there to tell them you know it's not a big deal to to now have an ego and say we're great fathers i couldn't agree more that's why i love this and you, you know to the i always the moms are like at another level i feel like they've set the bar you never hear about you very rarely, and you might be one of the rare breeds because I've only known one guy in my entire life that I've met and been around 50 years that is a single parent father. The kids live with him full time. Like that's like the unicorn. You always hear about the single mom with the kids usually, right? right? That didn't even get married. Rare, I think the only the only time I feel like I hear about a single father is if he's like a young guy who's been widowed somehow. Yeah, I don't think you rarely because the I mean, one in the court system, it's very hard for a man to get full custody. And I think out, I think the, the in the world of like a month, you'd have to really find a woman who's going to abandon the baby and an adoption. But it's, I think yeah. I think it's very hard to find. I know I, I've only doing this podcast over the course of uh, I think it's happened five years that we me and we originally started me and Danny started this five years ago. I, I have run into in the world two or three guys that I become friendly with that are stay at home fathers. And that's a community that is also underrepresented and is a real, I love that community. sort of dynamic. Um, and we and need to get one of those guys on the show. I have, a guy, I have a guy, a buddy of ours, uh, uh, his handles at Epic dad life. I love him. He lives in my, he went from Colorado to Montana now. And it's a real, it, it's, it's fascinating to see. Cause I think we have, men also have different approaches uh, to activities and the things you do as a, as a stay-at-home dad and the irreverence to it, I think, that versus like a mom. I, I To tell you how much I believe in what you're, what you're paving the way here and creating this forum to talk about becoming the best dad a dad can become, about 16 years ago when I was living in Settle City, just my head down, I remember I was actually in Canada uh, had a CEO role, Vinny, on a public company. It was created on Bay Street, and it was a turnaround situation. And one of our, uh, an executive came into me and said, my wife's having a baby. I just want you to know I'm going to take a paternity leave. Literally said this about, you know, almost 20 years ago. Um, I thought he was great shape. I'm from Chicago. You know, I, I'm thinking, you know, we work seven days a week if you have to. You're, you're like two days off. You're like paternity leave. Oh, two days. <laughs> I thought he was pulling my leg. Like I didn't know that. So Canada, which is obviously even more socially evolved, in, which I, I love, by the way, in hindsight, yeah. this is when I was in Settle City. I, I mean, you were, you were real. Leg. You were knee deep in Settle City. If you're thinking paternity leave. I started yeah. in human. I started my career in human resources, so I do. I always, I've always known paternity leave existed. I, I, I had no idea, so I did. I was like, kind of like an old school, like to tell you, that's a Midwest. Job. That's no, you're old school Midwest American, like yeah. a man. You are going to work, making your money, getting your wife pregnant, and getting back to work the next day. Yes, that's a, that that that, that is part camp. of America. 
That's remember, the, remember the greatest commercial ever? Time to make the donuts. Yeah. Right? That yeah. was me every day. Yeah. One foot and just go to work. Fast forward, this just happened this year. You know, somebody came into my office and said, my wife's having a baby. I would like to take paternity. I said, that's amazing. Take as much as you need. Literally take six months. Be the greatest dad from zero to six. If you want to take a year, like seriously. Come back when he's seven. No, I mean, that was a lot of therapy later for me. But I, I believe dads, like we have been so far behind moms that when you started this like dad so hard thing and and you sent me that message i was like i truly believe we have done not a good enough job keeping up with our parenting skills to have more soft more soft skills which you have be better listeners as dads i'm the worst listener i'm still struggle to listen my dad doesn't a good like listening to your kids you can actually learn from them yeah i would say is i am not a for anybody who knows me in my personal life, listening is not my number one forte. Oh, it is, it's actively something I'm working on. And I think it has been on every performance development report in my career for the past 25 years. But I am do I am actively, I am actively actually focusing on be, being better listeners in 2023. But I do believe that like there is an under within the world of like say psychology and sociology and research, I I think there is underrepresented research on the role of fathers and the impact of fathers in childhood to sort of think about, you know, what are the things that we need to do as men? I, mean, I think there's, there's a notion of it that you do, you know, having, you want to have active parenting in everybody's life, but I don't know. It's not something you see and talk about. Like it's not on TV shows. And I think more and more, we need to have more, just more of the representation. I was actually watching the today show, and I, I tried, actually, this is where I got in the Instagram police. So I took a photo of an image of the Today Show and I tried to do an Instagram story. And because I think it was the image of a TV show, they wouldn't let me do it. And it, got, it was like a violation. They wouldn't let me post it. But it was a segment on, it was a shopping segment on like toys to buy. But they had a kids, they had a little girl's, like a, um, it was a little play doll for children to use. And in the studio, they... This I would think traditionally they would have like two women holding their babies and, and with the kids playing with the dolls. And they had two fathers holding kids with the dolls. And in my mind, although that was very subtle, to show a child of the age of, say, eight months to a year old playing with a doll and both of them being held by the by the male parents, to me, that is not an image that young men today see that often as something that is socially acceptable and that it makes it. It, that does not take away from masculinity and and manlyhood, but is a but should be a uh, an aspect of it, right? That there's something about balancing the sensitivity is not the definition of femininity, and I think we got into a world where like any kind of guy that's like mask like if you're, you're going to show any kind of sensitivity or that or the softer say feminine skills, then they think you're like less masculine. And I'm like, I don't, that's to me a weird, it's like the redefining masculinity, but like, that doesn't mean you're not masculine because you're like sensitive. Yeah, no, you're for 48 year old Gen X guy, you are, and I, and I know you're into marketing and all that shit. Our generation, like you're, you're, it's the root cause. That's the root, like the symptoms that our generation and in our parents' generation and all these like fucked up trauma <laughs> development issues for kids, I think stem from exactly what you're describing is a lot of fathers' inability to have an emotional connection with their children. Like, I, I think that, you know, and not feeling your father's approval not feeling like you can talk to your dad and get constructive, you know, that he understood he's trying to understand who you're born to be as a child. Like you want your parents to just help you become who you're born to be. And how, like, and I think a lot of dads stunted that growth in our generation, Vinny, certainly ahead of ours in that Archie Bunker, right? MAGA world that we live in still today, the fucking dude almost won. As bad no, as there, well, there's was. a lot of... So I've gotten to a rabbit. I've gotten to a rabbit hole of a ton of like. I mean, I find myself going into like a dad blogger and a podcasting world on Instagram, and I'm trying to understand sort of all the different influencers that are out there. And there is a world that I'm not. I, I'm fascinated by, but I can't figure out a way to buy into it. Well, I don't want to buy into it, but I'm fascinated by it because a lot of people do. And and it's sort of this idea of like 
I would describe it as to- toxic masculinity. I think the 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 people that are in it would describe it as like like self awareness, right? Because there's these guys out there that preach this idea of being a better husband means you got to make more money. Being a better, it's like there's a world now where people are trying to fight, saying guys have. I think there's a wokeness where they think men have become so soft that now there's this other arena that's fighting for this ideal of the outdoors man where you got to go like one guy on Instagram video uh, was just talking about how you have to remember if you're not getting laid enough, it's because you're not making enough money and your wife doesn't respect you. So you got to go out there, get off your ass. And his Instagram videos are just yelling at you to be better. And I'm like, this isn't, first of all, this is make. why am I watching it? And I don't really, I'm like, who are you talking to? Like, who is this inspiring? You're making me feel like I'm not pathetic. It's not making money. I'm going to get more sex if I just show up like I'm Brutus and be like, hey, I'm here. But there is, but that's it. But there is a world where yes. men believe the role of what a man is. And and I just don't, it gets back to earlier, it's about labels. I don't know why we have to have so many labels. Can it be everything? Like, like why? Does it need to be labeled? We can be all aspects of it. And I think that's that idea of you could work hard, play hard. You can still be a great dad. I can be hung over and still father. Like I could be an idiot and still father. It's not, I'm not saying I'm the greatest at it. I make a ton of daily mistakes, if not hourly with my children, but like, that's okay. But you're aware, you're emotionally aware, which is half the battle. Like you, right. I mean, you know, you're a dad all the time. Yeah, yeah, well, it, well, I mean, I, I unless my kids go, <laughs> you can't take that title away from me. Like in the world of titles, right. I thought about this when I got married. Like up until the point that like a woman gets an engagement ring, as soon as she wears that engagement ring, she's a fiance, and people in public know you're a fiance, right? Because you see it, they stop, they see your ring. When you're when you're engaged as a guy, I mean, nobody knows it. If I saw you at a right. bar and you don't have a ring on, like you're just another right. dude. But the day you get married, you go for being like. You were Seth Marks, Seth Marks, the professional. You had a job. You were just now all of a sudden you're a husband, right? You get, you officially have this other title. Yeah. Right. And then when you have a kid, like there's nothing you could do. Like when you have a kid, you're, you became a father. So when people complain about being a parent, it's like, well, then you need to think about either not having kids. And if you, if you maybe had an accident and you had a kid, but the same token, it's a title you can't get rid of. Yes. Right. Like you and I talked about that. Like anyone could be a dad. But are you a father, right? So I don't. I, I think it's oh, well, anyone, good question. Or is it the other way around? Because in the spirit of the title of the show, anyone could be a father, but are you a dad? Dad's so hard, right? right that's I true. Think, yeah, yeah. Like it, anyone could be a father. You could father. You yes, you could father anything. I could father a plant in my backyard. I'm not a dad to my plant. Right. But yes, you could father. I could. I mean, I could donate my sperm and have like 20 kids around this country. I yeah. fathered them. I'm not their dad. <laughs> Now, I haven't done that. And if anybody out there is listening and you think you look like me as a disclaimer, if there is a, somebody out there who thinks they are my child, unless it's yeah. been harvested in the middle of the night, I have yeah. not, I have, I have done things for money in my life, but I have not sold my sperm yet. And no, I don't know I, at this point in my life, I don't think anybody wants to buy it, but um, have you ever sold sperm? Is this a, wait, Seth, could this be, did you ever, in terms of the days where you had no money and you needed to do things, have you ever sold, did you ever sell your sperm? <laughs> no, I, I, I never did. Not did you have a I, friend? Did you know anybody who did? I, I'd heard of a guy that did that. Like, I mean, it's fascinating. I'm a big racehorse. I love racehorses. Like right. the Kentucky Derby, greatest two minutes in sports, in my opinion. And when these horses win these big races and they become sires and they're, they're literally well, they sell their sperm for like a half million dollars to a million dollars. Can you imagine that? I mean, I would wonder then do Olympians. So the question would, the question there would be is if you're an Olympic athlete and you win the race, <laughs> is somebody immediately going, you need to sire another Olympic athlete. We need yeah. to get in there, take some, <laughs> take, we need to harvest, harvest that sperm. Uh, I, I'm trying to imagine which guy I'm forgetting their names, but that would be a question. So I, I also do not know, or did not yeah. ever have a friend who was actively out there making money, selling sperm. That the, the more, most personal thing I sold for money was in graduate school and I needed cash. I sold my DVD collection music. No, it was a music CD collection, CDs, not even DVDs, CDs. And it was so pathetic. I walked into the store with probably 200 CDs I think I walked out with 150 because nobody wanted 
my absolutely embarrassing CD collection in 1998. And I think I probably made $75. Um, it was, it was horrific, but that was the, that was probably the one that's the one time I could recall. I took something personal and had to really go, I'm not calling my mom and dad for money. Let me see what I can do. I got to scrounge up some dollars and I'm uh, high street in Columbus, Ohio. I went and I saw oh, you, uh, you are a Buckeye. Yeah. I went to Ohio. I went to Ohio state go bucks. Uh, we're going to win the national championship this year, everybody. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, so you scrapped your way. You were, you were in college at Ohio state, which I was wondering, you got the Ohio state hoodie. I'm, going. Wearing it to, I'm not, we're not video. This will not be, I'm not, we're, you're listening to this, everybody. I may, maybe I'll take a photo, but you'll imagine what we look like. I have an Ohio state sweatshirt on proud, but, but you know, my rooting interests, I'm an investor in Michigan. That's a poor investment. That might as well be in crypto. My, my <laughs> oldest son went to Michigan and I, I grew oh. up hating it. And then when he went there, I was like, oh, now I have a reason. Jim Harbaugh came in the same year my son was a freshman. Oh, my God. Well, listen, it's, it, I would say I, uh, I was a Penn State fan growing up on Long Island because there was no college football on the East Coast. So, so I, just, I love Penn State. I went to school in Buffalo and then I went to business school at Ohio State. But because I actually paid the loan myself and when you're there, I became more of a Buckeye fan. I mean, they're oh my God. sports. The Buckeye Nation is the most impressive. Oh. Don't get me wrong. It is so I have I have so many good friends that are Ohio State in that in that Buckeye. It is so impressive. It is so impressive. I'd like to say I have more friends. So most of my friends are don't live in the New York State area. I live in a town that is of of I just had a football and my son had his flag football game this morning. And uh, there's probably 10 other dads wearing Michigan. This town feeds that university, every Long Islander in the North Shore of Long Island. They're coming from Port Washington, New York, and they go to Michigan. I show up on the field with an Ohio State sweatshirt on. I might as well have, it might as well, instead of saying Ohio State, say, I am dumb. Because people on Long Island are like, who goes to Ohio State? From, where, where are you coming from? I mean, I, I literally, they look like, do you have a job? You can afford to live in this town. I'm like, yes, I don't understand. I, I think I'm one of maybe three people in this town who went to Ohio State. The Ohio State is a bona fide world class university. It is since you got in, it has become a lot better. Uh, I, I, I raised the, I, I, by the way, it was legitimately, legitimately, it's legitimately, but I can tell you, I have a lot of friends on Long Island that still probably yeah, cannot tell you the where old the state machine. of Ohio is. They don't know where it is. I, I went to school and my friends would call me and be like, What time zone are you? I'm in the Eastern time zone. This is not like, they're like, like I, a 10 they hour had, drive, right? I could have been, I could have been in California, Ohio. They're like, where's Ohio? I'm like, it's after Pennsylvania, which is next to New Jersey. It's four States, literally like not, it's the fourth state heading directly West it's, from where we live. For New Yorkers, it's a flyover state. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent flyover. <laughs> well, listen, I want to, I, I want to pivot into, so uh, we're for anybody listening, we're going to try to have a structure to this thing on a weekly basis. And when I say try, that means we're going to try. That doesn't mean we're going to do it, but uh, we're, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to get there. And one thing I wanted, one, there's uh, one thing I want to talk about where we're going to, we're going to get into a segment that I'll, we're going to call dad trends. And this is about not necessarily a trend that dads are into, but just be a trend that's out there. That is the latest news that could be driving us crazy. That could be something that your kids are into. It just could be a trend that we think dads, need to know about now this trend that we're going to kick off this episode with or since it's our inaugural season premiere is a trend that is very very personal to you seth and i've been watching it for the past seven to eight months on your instagram and all your stories and i and i at the beginning of this trend was very questionable as to what the hell was going on <laughs> and i was like is he is this really when i looked at your when i looked at you i said is that what i think it is and then I texted you and I was like, are you really sporting a mullet? <laughs> and I believe you said yes. And I said, I think it's time for you to shave it. <laughs> and your response was no. Now that was, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you guys set all the credit in the world. That was about eight months ago. I yesterday watching the today show. And this is where I am going to give you officially like the trend award for being a trend spotter because I was watching the today show yesterday morning and on the today show, they had a set a segment five minutes and they had the three guys who were the finalists in this year's 2022 Mr. Mullet. 
<laughs> and they announced apparently there's an organization and the president of the Mr. Mullet USA organization crowned this one gentleman. I think his name could have been Eric. They gave him the award for Mr. Mullet 2022. And I sat there going, one mullets are now back in style. This is insanity to me. Uh, and, uh, and you knew about it eight months ago. Oh, yeah, I, I did. I don't know. You know, Vinny, like I'm maturity is not my strength. And I, I, I'm obsessed with trying to, you know, be young without one of those guys. that looks like he's trying too hard, which I, I always look that way, but psychographically, I'm definitely a Gen Z and I saw some kids, you know, like young twenties, maybe I don't even know where my, my kids, I don't know where I saw these kids probably in Utah. And I saw the mullet. And I saw the mullet, you know, it wasn't like it was a deep, I was like, well, that's cool. That is freaking cool. Am I too old for it? I don't know. I'm going to grow it. And I was on a team's call eight months ago with some executives and, you know, you got all the Brady bunch boxes on the team's call. And I said, we were waiting. There was like an awkward minute for waiting for people and saying, Hey, someone's like, is that a mullet you're growing? I'm like, yes, yes, yes. They are in. Oh. And then, and then all of them started texting their teenage kids on the phone, our mullets in. And they all said, yeah, mom, or yeah, dad, mullets are in. And this was eight months ago. Well, listen, I'm going to, we may have to give the mullet comeback credit for Utah. And, but the, the fact that you, th this is what's amazing. You spotted it, your eyes in your capacity to want to pretend to be 22, 22. <laughs> and you're, you're looking at all these young kids and you're watching them going, Okay, what's going on here? What are they wearing? I, I don't know. In this town, if I looked at that, they, I think they all have the same haircut. I, I have not. I maybe I need to be more observant. But the your fact that you got onto this trend, your kids are too young. You're not going to get any great trends from Peppa Pig or whatever is going on at that uh, age. No, no. My my. Well, my daughter now is in an aviator. It's not even a trend. She just wants to spend two hundred dollars in sweatpants. How old is animation. she? She's Again? eleven. They all oh. wear 11, 11 year old girls are obsessed with Aviator Nation. <laughs> and like two other clothing. And for anybody who's ever wasted money on sweatpants, it's literally a pair of sweatpants with one lightning bolt drawn on it somewhere and a little AN, but it's a cool brand from California. And I believe they're $189 for like a sweatshirt. I, I, I am an imbecile in buying into this trend, but my daughter loves it. And I just need happiness and not somebody screaming at me on a daily basis. So sometimes it's like a, it's an investment. That's an investment. With interest, yeah, but it's an investment where with interest rates, $189 for sweatpants can easily on a credit card turn into 210. So I'm like, uh, I can't, this is, I cannot afford. Uh, this Christmas and Hanukkah, I'm going to be a El Scrudo and I'm trying to wait for a sale by ahead of time. It, it's a real, it's a real humdinger of a trend. But that's but how, a, yeah, expensive active wear branded that's a trend that's never going away it's just going to be a different brand it just becomes a different brand it's a different right? brand they're going to cut there it's another pair of sweatpants that some girl wants in school that everybody's wearing uh, but how have the other people what are you what is the reaction to the mullet you are getting has anybody in your inner circle actually made a full-blown pitch to shave it or to full disclosure since we're not on video i am in a room with my wife right now Meredith, Vinny wants to know your reaction to the mullet. There's no, there's no way this is a positive reaction. I, I love the mini mullet. As it's grown out of it, I, I feel like it's kind of like an in-between stage, and I'm not as into it right now. So you, she, did you hear that? Yeah, she's not. I heard, I heard it's in an in-between stage, not <laughs> so into it, which tells me you may need to do some shaping. Now we're getting into exactly. mullet hair kit. It looks raggedy right now. It looks raggedy. You could look like your whole. So in a certain outfit, I would suspect your wife could be looking, looking like she's walking down the street with a homeless person who's about to attack her, and somebody's going to get in and try to save her. Excuse me, miss. Are you okay? Is this guy bothering you? A raggedy mullet screams homeless. And what else does that scream? Well, at least we have one listener to this episode. <laughs> We're going to see. We are going to see that the, Seth, Seth Marks is accused of being as a homeless guy. I mean, I, I, I will, Bill, listen, Billy Ray Cyrus, I worked on a TV show he was on called Rock with Doc in like nine, two, the year 2000. That guy crowned the mullet. But oh, the I best. guess what's old is new again. If it's been 20 years for mullets to come back in, it's a trend. It's not a trend. 
this dad will be rocking anytime soon. <laughs> but as long as one of us, if one, if, 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 if one person in Dad's Hard Nation is role modeling and stuff, maybe send us your photos. For anybody who is listening, if you are rocking a mullet, post it on Instagram, tag us at Dad's Hard Podcast. I would love to see how many of the fathers or non-dads, guys, boyfriends, husbands, anybody you know that's rocking a mullet. Please Wait to see know. what's coming in November. You know it. I don't want it. It's so easy to know what's going to the the one-two punch with the mullet and and talk about. What do you mean? Uh, what, wait, what's coming in November? November's a month away. What else are you going to do? What else could be grown? Full proper mustache, no side face, chin. Just oh, for no, oh, for, so you're going to go, you're going to keep, you're going to go all and just do the stash, just do the stash. Yes. And I'd like to, if you would join me, I'd like to grow it to the point where you can curl it like, like that guy from NBC Today the, Show. The, uh, the, the, oh, that old guy. Oh, what, what was his name? He was Gene Chow. Gene, Gene Chow. Yeah, yeah, Gene Chow. Oh, man. Nobody, nobody listening to this. But me and you, no Gene Shallot is. <laughs> Nobody. There's no way. Uh, there's no way. If I go to work tomorrow and say, does anybody know who Gene Shallot is? Uh, they're going to give me head turns. If you don't know who Gene Shallot is, ask your parent or uncle or aunt. Ask right? your grandfather. No, ask your grandparent, not your aunt. Ask your but grandparent. But he was a household name. He was for, no, no, he was back back in the day. So yeah. uh, we, maybe we'll make our November. November will be our Gene Shallot month. And if I, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I may make it a forty-eight hours with a mustache. I, my my grandfather wore a mustache for many years. And I feel like when I have a mustache, I look like a rat, and not an attractive rat. I look like a rat. <laughs> and it's not. It's not like it's not a pretty. Like it makes my nose look ginormous. Like mustaches on certain guys get it. I look like a borderline, dare I say, potentially pedophile. <laughs> oh, I'm that. Yeah. I'm that. I'm. I'm a, I could be a. I, I could potentially look like a serial killer. It's not a look. What if but you I, grew it like the catfish hunter way? You know, all the way down. You know, so it's like the yes. That's that's still Manchu kind of thing, right? Okay, that- I'll try. I'll, I'm, I will give it a shot. I'm more of a. I would be more of a goatee, which is a cheating mustache. The goatee yes. is the cheater. Is the cheater's way of I don't have the balls. To have a mustache, I'm gonna have a goatee. <laughs> that, that's a sign of a little bit. There's the guys that the real confident men go for the stash. I've you, never you could judged. It. You could probably judge self-esteem based on uh, hair. There, there has to be a study on what what, oh, what yeah. does mustache, what is hair for sure. Mustache. Oh, yeah. You don't see it that often. No, you don't. You, for a reason. It's. I mean, <laughs> there's a there's a reason. There's Honey, a, are you cool if I grow a stash? Oh my lord. Sure, I got a sure. Oh, I mean that's amazing. That's amazing. I, I will say this: I do think a mustache, if grown to the right length and used for certain, not safe for work activities, could be a benefit to your partner. So uh, that would be the only benefit to what I would say. There are better. There are probably benefits. My wife, uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll have to get opinions on it. But I don't. I don't. I'm not. I don't think it's for a visual good. It's not going to make for a good Instagram photo. No, no. How do we get? How do you segue out of that? That you 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 took me to a place, Vinny. I love to play, and I don't. How do I pivot? How do I? This is what I do. Yeah, pivot out with my wife in the room, right? We're pivoting. We're pivoting. It's okay. It's okay. So we went. We got our hot topics. We had our topic. We got our last. We went through our dad trend of the week, which is hair. It's it's all about hair this week. But finally, as we wrap it up, and I want to do this because I think I have one of the things that attracted, dare I say, me into this bromance that we have built was uh, your Instagram uh, uh, where at, at Seth Mark. So if you don't follow Seth on Instagram, it's at Seth, Seth Mark. Stock. No, Seth Stock. I always get a oh, I, you know, For the longest time, I changed your last name to Stock. And I was like, oh, it's Seth Stock. And I was like, oh, it's Seth Stock. And then I was like, no, it's Seth Marks. And I'm like, I'm so confused. And then I was like, he has two last names. And then you explained it to me. And I was like, no, I get it. And it, I, it's clever and I like it. But I forget. So at Seth Stock, S-T-O-C-K. Yeah. We'll be tagging it. But uh you do like a daily, if not every two days, a af- I'll call it an affirmation. It is a yeah. reminder of what we should be reflecting on and thinking about. And I thought for as we get into this new season of the of the podcast, it is a great way to end episodes on a good note. And dare I say, when we we get so big, we have a lot of advertisements. We could say the dream is after the break. Get get ready. Seth's going to give you your notes to younger self. So we're going to pretend. Brought to you by. Brought to you by. Insert hey, 
Insert anybody we're open for business. Yes. Anybody that caters to mustaches, ideally. What's the, the, uh, oh, gotta be. There, well, there's Har- Harry Shavers. We got a uh, uh, Dollar Shave Club. Anybody who just wants us to read an audio read. We should uh, do it, by the way. Happy, like, literally insert like six of them and then send it. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah, my local barbershop. Dan- I go to Daniel's Barbershop and put Washington. They do a yes. great job. Dan, this, seg- this last <laughs> segment of No Gen Yourself is going to be written by Daniel's. Port Boulevard, Port Washington, New York. I'm co-signing them. Uh, but Seth, what do you have? Either one prepared or... I, I, I have one right to- on my screen that I haven't put on my Instagram yet. This is today's. Today's. And and as you know, Vinny, like that they're they're mostly real true learnings that I've like, you know, something's happened in my life that makes me realize, holy shit, that thing my dad was telling me or my uncle or somebody, like you learn so much if you just keep your eyes open and your ears open and are willing to most importantly unlearn shit. So I just share that, as you said, note to younger self. Today's note to younger self is note to younger self. The greatest change in the world is always the result of persistent optimism. When we ingrain a mindset of zero tolerance for negativity, our personal growth goes next level. Persistent optimism, zero tolerance for negativity. That's every day. I love that. That is that. I think that that we're, we are going to be manifesting troops here for guys and giving everybody something to work on week to week. And I think it's, uh, I love that idea because I know I need to, and it's this is much cheaper than paying my therapist. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I mean he, this, this podcast is going to get my my therapist to run for his money. I think op, uh, uh, pushing optimism aggressively and focusing on um, uh, what can happen is hard to do, but we have to, and you have to remind yes. ourselves that, remind our kids that as well. One, it's a note to myself which I love. Yeah. It's a reminder for me, but it also, yeah. if you do it the right way and you're paying it forward. It, but you hit the nail on the head, Vinny, which really is so easy to say it, but it's way easier to not have persistent optimism, <laughs> right? It's like 90% easier to kind of have cautious skepticism, mm-hmm. a negative, you know, a healthy, like a negative skepticism, which is what I had in, it, when I was in Settle City forever. Like, so mm-hmm. getting this, persistent optimism is that when you put that energy out there and then you realize you can actually get negative people to join the positive energy. And then the ones you can't, that's when you have to make hard decisions. Well, that is where you, the way I would argue this note to younger self is probably what helped you get out of settled city, because if not for this, you never would have taken the steps to get out or you may not have been successful in getting out, right? Because you talk about the work and I think people will hear our stories in this podcast yet to come. But when you talk about the stuff you talk about your marriage and what you know, the work you had to do to make it work, if not for the, if you didn't think, if you weren't optimistic about it, it would not have worked. Like there's no way if you're thinking it's not going to work. And, and that's the way we, that's the only way to move forward in this stuff. Yes. No. And you said, you know, you and I text back and forth, like when we're able to share thoughts like this in this just raw open forum with the, like the, <laughs> you know, the underlying principle of being the best dad we can be, but just talk about all those things. You describe our text change so nicely. The way I just come like, there's just like nonsense back and forth. I'm uh, uh, talking about, you said free therapy, free therapy. And you and I, I, without even saying this, like we want to laugh when we want to laugh every day. Right. But it's hard to laugh if you've got a lot of pain and Mm -hmm. the, the reality you know, we've worked through and I look forward to learning more about your journey and how you got to where you are with this wonderful energy and disposition. Was it always like that with, for Vinny Dunleavy? Were you always this positive, you know, uplifting, energetic person? And did, were the dark times in your, in your life? But by reason I say that I got therapy, I had like, I didn't believe in it for so long when I was in Settle City, complacency land, Mm -hmm. And then my wife was like, yeah, you should get some, right? And I said, I don't need it. I don't need it for years and years and years and years. And I finally got it. And so I think I could never have this persistent positive, you know, optimism and all this positive outlook had I not delayered the shit out of and done a deep introspective to, to kind of become current, you know, with myself and learning who I am. So getting help. I, 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 need, all, I, listen, I, need, all, I need all the help I can get. 
Uh, but I do think you like it's this, this, this season on the podcast, if you've made it this far listening to the two of us, we hope, <laughs> first of all, if you've made it this far listening to this nonsense, then you should definitely come back next week. And hopefully the week after that and the week after that, and the week after that, because we may be unpacking all the things you may be learning all those things that Seth was talking about uh, in, in, in our, in our journeys. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm, I, I mean, we, we're almost at, we're at, we're going to be at time here, Seth. I think this has been amazing. I hope everybody who has listened, please check us out on dadswordpodcast.com. We're going to tag it uh, at Seth Stock, S-T-O-C-K. Uh, I think I'm at Vin Dunleavy for my personal Instagram if you want to see the rest of my nonsensical life. Uh, and we are going to be, we're, our commitment is to answer your emails if you email us or tag us or DM us or whatever you want to do. Uh, please, please reach out and Thank you for sticking with us and coming on this journey with us. Seth, is there anything else you want to say in the end of this season? Co-host, episode one, premiere episode. How'd you do? How do you feel? I, this flew by, which is, this, as you know, the sign of you know, when you're truly living in the present moment is when you lose track of time. And so we talk about every all the time, live in the present. Stop looking backwards. There's nothing good back there. So... Honestly, I judge everything by how the time feels like this literally felt like five minutes and it's almost been a freaking hour, right? So- it's great. It, it, it can go by fast and we're, we're going to stay organized. We're going to try to stay organized and it's this is what we do. So it's free form. Everybody listen to us, please. Uh, uh, I hope you enjoy it. And let's get the will- Ohio State Nation at least. Like that should be the demo as part of our strategy is that we corral that Ohio State Nation. The most right, powerful gonna, alumni. I don't want to shoot too big. But we could, we could. I think we just end every show with OH. I O. Oh. <laughs>